Welcome to the Marshall Pruitt Podcast, presented to you by Cooper Tires, the Justice Brothers, Bell Racing Helmets USA, and our awesome, amazing friends north of the border at torontomotorsports.com. It is Friday at 1.10 p.m. here in California. We are doing a very special episode. This sounds like every kind of kid's programming in the 1980s. Today, it's a special episode, kids. Don't smoke crack. Well, guess what? We are indeed talking about one of the more crazy, crackish maneuverings in recent IndyCar history. That is the previously unfathomable concept of Aeroschmidt Peterson Motorsports, one of a just staunch, staunch member of the Honda IndyCar family, preparing to no longer be a member of that family. That is because, along with the new partners at McLaren Racing, they are headed to the mighty bowtie Chevrolet. We have questions about driver lineup, both James Hinchcliffe and his rookie teammate from Sweden, Formula One veteran Marcus Ericsson, not mentioned in the formal press release by the brand new Aero McLaren Racing SP. Not a mistake. There's a lot of confusion. What's going on with Hinch? What isn't going on? What's happening on the engine front? Why are they going Chevy? Why aren't they Honda? So I said, hey, I can make a little bit of time here available before I have to blast out the door and take care of some family matters. I am going to grab the new and official, and I can't really tell you why it's official, but I've decided someone needs to sponsor the official Marshall Pruitt podcast Q&A clock because whenever I say I'm going to spend x amount of time doing something it never comes to just that amount of time and always goes over so i bought a little a little timer here i think used for i don't know got a turkey in the oven kind of thing so we're just going to do a little stream of consciousness answer as many questions as i can in approximately 30 minutes i am not hopped up on coffee or crack or anything else but i'm doing my best to bring the energy to get through as many as i can hitting start right now ah you heard the beep we are off and running, have 57 questions that have come in in less than two hours. So I'll do my best. First one from Giuseppe uh, Gugliano. Apologize if I murdered your last name, Giuseppe. Very first question that came in. So is Hinch staying with this new team? This being in reaction to the post, our good man, the mayor of Hinchtown, presented to us on social media saying it's an exciting day for all of us, et cetera, et cetera. Looking forward to driving for McLaren and reunifying, rekindling the relationship with Chevrolet next year. On the surface, it would seem like the primary question that has come in from many folks, is Hinch staying? It seems like he is saying that. So, yes. Complications, entanglements, and intrigue here. I wish it weren't the case. I wish it was very simple. I wish I could tell you that what the dear mayor has posted is open and closed case done deal he will be in one of the two aero mclaren sp entries next year i know that on the surface what he has posted says that i don't want to contradict the young lad by any means i just need to paint in a few other things to accurately portray the situation if james hinchcliffe was indeed confirmed by the team you would think that would have been mentioned in the press release in speaking with a McLaren representative, I have a quote from that representative saying, yes, we acknowledge James has a contract through 2020, and we look forward to confirming 
are drivers. Not driver, singular, meaning we already have one locked in place and we're looking for one more. Plural, drivers. Also have a quote from McLaren Racing CEO, Zach Brown, talking about working with Aero Schmidt-Peterson's management as they come together as this new entity to evaluate drivers and confirm drivers. So you have something interesting here. We have the mayor saying, I'm staying. We have the team not saying that yet. So could that happen? I have to admit up front, there are a lot of things that I know about that I cannot say. Uh, whether it's under embargo or just conversations that take place off the record and you agree that they stay off the record. I would say that James, who is one of the classier individuals you will meet in the sport, of course he would come out and say this because that's what a James Hinchcliffe would do. He's that guy. He is that stand-up guy. If I were a betting person, which I am not, would I run to whichever sports book and put down $100 on James Hinchcliffe being in a Chevrolet-powered Aero McLaren SP entry next year? Hashtag me personally, I would not. I am not sure James will be with the team next year. I am more confident he will be driving for a Honda-powered team. This is my opinion. I'm not James's spokesperson. I'm not revealing his secret private information. Would just say that from a positioning standpoint, everything has been done as it should be. I would advise James, if I was his manager, to do the same thing. Present this information. If there happens to be a change, we'll deal with that when it happens. But on day one of this announcement, it would be very smart to get ahead and say, waters are calm, everything is good, I'm a happy boy, here we go. If we wanted Honda to step up and be more supportive, financially, whatever, Ali, to help open a door at a Honda-powered team your driver is not currently with, I'm just suggesting as someone who has seen similar states, statements like this over the years, this would be a really good way of applying a little bit of leverage, not saying that's what he's doing, just saying this could be a consideration. Regardless, would say that the matter that Giuseppe has opened that so many of you have asked. So, is he staying? It appears to be saying that he is. Keep in mind, I'm still waiting for the statement from Aero McLaren Racing saying, yes, he is staying. That's the one thing we haven't seen. And while that isn't there, that leaves this as an unresolved issue. Does have a contract. I don't know the mechanisms within it, whether he can force that final year to happen, a buyout, a who knows. Can't speak to any of that because I do not know it. But I would say this is not a resolved matter. If he is indeed driving for a Honda-powered team next year, I will not be surprised. If by chance he is unable to find a Honda home next year that meets his expectations, there could be a smart thing to indeed try and stay and complete the final year of his contract, knowing it would very likely 
uh, at minimum caused one year termination of Honda relationships possible to resume though, at the end of that 2020 season. But there's also a possibility he could stay, choose to stay, or even be asked to stay as continuity veteran team member race winner, obviously been the face of the team since he joined definitely some angles here to consider would not say he is being pushed out or there's a desire to push him out. Not saying that at all. Just saying in situations like this, when a major announcement of a team change happens, you have a driver who is under contract for the following season and they are not listed. Definitely, definitely creates an odd dynamic that needs resolution. Let's go to Gorka Sopela, who says, will they put a third car for the new 500 in for Fernando Alonso to join? I doubt he will sign for the full season. I believe they will have a third car period. I expect that to happen no matter what. If Fernando does indeed decide he wants to drive, I would say that car would absolutely be made available for him. Zach Brown has been forthright in saying yes. If and what Fernando might want to do, we will be there to support it. Zach has also said Fernando has not expressed any interest in becoming a full-time anything starting next year, the end of this year, you name it. So at least for what we know right now, Fernando's desires do not include being a full-time sports car driver, IndyCar driver, Formula One driver. But I would definitely say for sure, three cars for Aero McLaren Racing at the Indy 500. And if Fernando wants to be that third driver, sounds like they're more than ready to do it. Paul Ferreira says, a Hinch Honda split seems problematic for both. Is Alexander Rossi the new PR face for Honda in the USA? Says no Hinch is a problem for Honda in Canada. He said they did the most getting an IndyCar driver out there in national ads. This is a bad look. Might touch on a couple things here that Paul has asked, but also rope in a few other questions and a few other things here up front. You've absolutely nailed the Honda strategy, Paul, with Rossi. If we're talking young or younger guns, I mean, Alexander's not 20, he's, but still, young face, absolutely. As a manufacturer com- competing in IndyCar, you have Alexander Rossi and Scott Dixon. From the younger angle, veteran angle, those are the two most highly prized members within that camp that the brand wants to hold on to, do all they can to ride with. Absolutely. Would say Hinch is in an interesting place where he has become the spokesperson face of the brand in relation to its racing in North America. I love it. We've loved it. It's been a great thing. I can't tell you if it has sold an extra Honda in Canada or the U.S. I would hope it would. I'm, I would assume it would, but I don't know any of the information behind that to say whether it's made a significant bump in any way or if it's just been a really good thing of pride with a personable, young, talented person representing them. Where you talk about the bad look, I think this has not been fully picked up or amplified as much as I believe it should. Doesn't mean it should, just means I believe it should. I saw my friend 
Jim Ilo wrote a little bit of a behind the scenes piece about this, these negotiations and such, and have huge respect for Jim. I'm not criticizing him in what I'm about to say, but I will mention that in what I read, it was very non-complimentary of Aero SPM and McLaren in the dealings with Honda, which ultimately did not go forward severing of the contract with one year left to go on it. Now they're moving to Chevy. This is now cast questions as to James Hinchcliffe's future with the team due to his Honda ties, etc. Honda is the one that has denied the engine supply. That's a fact. We know that we're looking at the roots extending beneath the surface here in the relationship between McLaren racing in formula one and Honda racing in formula one, that Honda program being commissioned, led funded out of Honda, Japan, call it the the mothership, nothing to do with North America or Honda performance development based in California. We know that there was significant strife egos hurt, everything hurt a lot of, Bad, bad stuff happened in the divorce between McLaren and Honda in F1. A lot of things said by McLaren and or Fernando Alonso that really caused problems within corporate Honda. A significant, impenetrable blockade followed. Anything related to McLaren, we are not helping, we are not supplying, period. Realize that that decision was not made in isolation or made lightly, but it was a decision. We are not going to engage with them, period. At least for what I'm looking at here in North America. McLaren wanting to compete, trying to work with Michael Andretti's team again, trying to make something happen with their old partner and with Honda. Shut down. That's why Michael went and explored opportunities with Chevrolet. Didn't ultimately go in that direction, but it was a absolute denial from the mothership that no, don't care if it's McLaren coming to play an IndyCar, F1, wherever, not us, done deal. With Aero SPM, desire to work together. I know that efforts were indeed made to try and remain Honda. Honda, not America, not HPD, but being passed down from the mothership, no, won't happen. Okay. So I don't know if I would frame this as being forced, as some sort of really harsh yes or no, got to do it, uh, can't do it, really putting you in a, in a over a barrel type situation in terms of the team and Honda, Honda has the ability to provide engines for aero McLaren racing. If they wanted to, they do not. Therefore the need to say, then please let us out of the contract so we can go to the only other manufacturer that is available. That being Chevy, that is what has ultimately happened. But there just needs to be a little bit of an acknowledgement that the thing, Paul, that you're saying is a bad look. I can't disagree with that. It's not as if this team would still would not be powered by Honda. If Honda were able or willing someone 
was going to okay and approve that. Uh, just it's worth pondering there too. You can certainly position Aero SPM or McLaren as bad guys. Uh, I don't think there needs to be, but Honda does not want to play. There you go. Other thing, just quickly to add to that. It's not as if they went to Chevy because it's the only option they had. It is the only option they ended up having, but I do know for a fact more than a year ago, some very deep conversations with Chevrolet took place and there is a genuine enthusiasm on both sides for them to work together. So I get that. Yeah, the door is closed in one of the two suppliers. You could only go to Chevy in that scenario not so much a feeling though of all right well i guess we got to work with these guys then there's a real feeling that there's something super positive that could happen here let's move on let's see where should we go next kyle brown hinch and spm have three wins since 2015 the indycar champion has won a minimum of three races per year since 2012 does adding mclaren to the hinch spm combo make a championship contender I would say no, Kyle. I would say it certainly improves the overall program. What the team has lacked since Robert Wickens had his unfortunate crash and has not been ready to resume his driving career is that one-two punch. It's that thing that Chip Ganassi Racing has lacked and we can see is coming back now with Felix Rosenquist there. It's that thing that Andretti Autosport has with Alexander Rossi everywhere. And when the cartoon anvil isn't falling on Ryan Hunter Ray with Ryan Hunter Ray or by satellite effort, Colton Herta. Now it's a thing Penske has with Joseph Newgarden everywhere. Simon Pagano on regular occasion, bit of a weird year for willpower, but we know he is capable of winning at any point in time. We would have to say in all reality, In 2018, Robert Wickens was a revelation, proved himself to be, I think, the clear guy that could win for them almost everywhere as a rookie. And without Robert there and he and Hinch working together, being that really powerful combo, it's hard, hard to look at the team on its own as being ready to get back to its 2018 form. Can McLaren through pretty deep technical resources, help the Aero SPM team to get back on track, closer to track, knowing that these cars are not open technology. We can see that other teams with the same Honda, the same Delarty W12, the same Firestone tires, getting a lot more out of the package. Do I think McLaren can help steer them towards that faster path? Yes. Hinch, we have seen, put a good car beneath him. Guys capable of putting up some very good results, if not race wins. Is Marcus Erickson in his rookie year ready to do that? Again, being honest, I expected to see a little more fire, a little more production out of Marcus, knowing he's a rookie, just as there are other rookies going to tracks for the first time. Many of the rookies here are learning ovals for the first time, etc., etc., in a situation where I would think Marcus's age and experience would automatically put him ahead of a Santino Ferrucci, for example. Even his young countryman, Felix Rosenquist, 
Haven't always seen that. I know the team has not always been on point in terms of setup and outright potential. You've still seen, though, a lot of drivers, even in cars that were never going to win a race this year, go forward, attack, big improvements. Still waiting for Marcus to step up and show us he can be that guy, even if winning is not in the equation. So I think McLaren can help get the team if Hinch stays and is the team leader back into victory lane more regularly on the podium, more regularly. But I do believe there's going to need to be some sort of shakeup on the driver front with one driver. And who knows, it might end up being two that we can all look at and go, oh yeah, one or the other is going to get it done in some capacity today. Go to the next question from Chris D'Amato. And I've had a number of folks ask similar things, so I'll roll that into Chris's here. Why couldn't McLaren just field a team of their own or possibly buying SPM outright since they have more resources than most newcomers? Seems like they purely wanted something turnkey. Also, was there ever a chance that they could have gotten back in the good graces of Honda? Interesting question here, Chris, because... I think how it has been positioned very, very tied and related to their misfortune at the 2019 Indy 500. I think things went so poorly there in terms of blowback and reception within McLaren. Any thoughts on coming back and doing more IndyCar? I just get the general feeling that You know, we just tried to do it on our own, told the world we could do it on our own, couldn't do it on our own. Let's be smart on a return and do this in a partnership, not an acquisition, partnership. We are bringing sponsorship to make this happen. We are bringing engineering and technology resources, personnel to this. This is a joining of entities in a working relationship instead of an ownership stake we've bought in right away. I just have not gotten a feeling that is something McLaren's board of directors would stomach. So not saying that's accurate. That's just my take. So I believe what has worked out here, Rick Peterson, Sam Schmidt still own the team. Taylor Kyle, still your general manager. John Flack, still your president, so on and so forth. Jill DeFerrin will be McLaren's, quote, general manager slash president program leader from their side, joining in with all of the very capable and skilled SPM senior management staff. I think this is the smart first step, Chris. I think if it goes well, could there be inquiries about so buying acquisition 50 50 who knows actually put our name on the the proverbial lease i think that could happen but i think the general tone was partner bring sponsorship um rent don't buy see how it goes if everyone's happy at mclaren then maybe we can consider that one thing i said i honestly don't remember a year ago, or during the month of May, when these rumors were hotting up, I said, there's no way I can see 
McLaren actually attaching their name in a co-entry with something that was full-time. 100% wrong. <laughs> so I need to raise my hand and say, yes, Pruitt, your thoughts there were 100% off. I could not see that. Now, granted, could how things went down during the month of May maybe influence that? Possibly. But regardless, I could not, still can't really, it doesn't set right with me to see McLaren and other people's names on a team. I would expect, because that's what history has more or less always been, McLaren Racing, period. Aero McLaren Racing, who knows? McLaren is the standalone. While that hasn't happened here to start, and I've mentioned the reasons I think why, if we have this conversation, Chris, a year, two years, three years from now, do I think there could be a change? It seems like that would be right. So it'd be interesting to find out if I'm 100% wrong on that too here in a couple of years. Kyle Rudolph on a related question says, do you think this is in reaction in part to McLaren's Indy baptism by fire? Also, without a strong partner, what was the over-under on years it would have taken for McLaren to get comfortable going full-time alone? Notice one thing that McLaren did not do in the announcements or announcement was get into any timeline, and that's fine. That's their preference. Beyond, let's skip the whole 2017 Fernando Alonso partnering with Andretti. Forget all that. Let's just fast-forward to 2019. The first time I heard it mentioned that McLaren was looking to do something longer term with somebody, again, whether it was buy, purchase half, sponsorship, again, nothing specific there. Just McLaren's here really sniffing around, really looking. They want to be here full time, and they're talking with teams about it. I heard about that late April, early May, I believe. Uh, one of my colleagues heard about it, I think, middle of April, before I did. So what we've seen here, as I understand it, while there are heavy influences of what took place at Indianapolis that have then made decisions go in different ways maybe than they originally planned, this is not a reaction to the month of May, the baptism by fire. They were sniffing, looking, talking well before the Indy 500 about doing exactly what has happened. Again, there might have been some shifting on how, but this was a plan that did not come out of the month of May. We know that for sure. In terms of how long would it have taken them to get comfortable doing it on their own, as I trip over my lips, two to three years is the normal arc, Kyle. If they were able to come in and use Hondas, do I think they would have absolutely sought some form of technical relationship with Andretti Technologies? Yes. Uh, I know for a fact that Chip Ganassi Racing is currently looking at doing their version of a uh, Ganassi Technologies and helping possibly partnering with a smaller team uh, to do a similar tech and engineering transfer. Do I think that McLaren would have still sought something like that? Absolutely. Why? because they lack talent or ability? No, it's the fastest way. This is, <laughs> it's the equivalent of going to a new country 
and hiring a guide who speaks the language, knows the layout, and can help get you to the places to do the things you want to as quickly and smoothly as possible. You could do it on your own. Just step off the plane, try and learn the language, try and figure out where everything is. You'll get there eventually. But if you want to enjoy it and enjoy the fruits and spoils as quickly as possible, you try and partner up with somebody who knows the lay of the land. So even as a standalone entity, not buying into anyone else, Kyle, I still think they would have partnered with somebody on the technical side would have made that learning curve a year and a half, maybe two years instead of two to three. But one way or the other, I think they're going to try and work with somebody for sure. All right, going to try and wind down here a little bit. I know that I'm getting to as many as I can. Chris Regelsberger, and again, hopefully I didn't murder your last name, says Colton Herta, Valtteri Botas, who takes the second seat? The Herta angle is really interesting, Chris number of people have asked about that too. We know for a fact inquiries have been made about his availability. A part of me was fully expecting this morning's press release to confirm both Chevy and Colton Herta. Obviously, the Herta angle didn't happen, nor did any driver's name get mentioned in that. I have been expecting something to happen there. Uh, as recently as last night slash this morning, I've been told by someone who I would rate as someone that knows with pretty darn good certainty, there's no way Colton Herta leaves. Not claiming that to be a fact. Don't go write it. It's not, again, just telling you what I've heard from someone who I, I trust them without question. I've heard, yeah. There might be a reason why you didn't see Colton's name included in that press release, and it's because he's not going to be going away from Honda. So can't tell you whether that will prove out to be accurate or not, but I thought that was really interesting to hear because up until I heard that, I did have Colton heading to this McLaren team. Let's see, what else can we do here to try and answer stuff? That isn't redundant. Thomas Goolsby, where does Meyershank Racing go with their IndyCar program now that Aero McLaren SP is a Chevy team and Shank is tied to Honda and Acura in IMSA? Says, I realize that Penske runs Chevys and IndyCar in Acura and IMSA, but Michael isn't Roger. Great question, Thomas. I am fairly confident in saying that the MSR team did not wake up and learn about this news this morning and then have to find out uh, what options might be available. I believe they have been pursuing such things, looking at opportunities for a little while now. Very true that leaving Honda is nothing I've heard that could be a possibility for them in IndyCar or IMSA, at least right now. Would say Andretti Autosport makes a lot of sense. I think a lot of folks have mentioned that. That's where they got their start in IndyCar. MSR's debut in 2017 at the 500 was in a technical partnership with Andretti Autosport. I think since then, you know, just looking at the sheer number of Andretti cars, four full-time now, plus the technical alliance with Harding Steinbrenner, would you want to be a sixth car on the docket? I don't know. Just saying. We know that Andretti is freaking amazing 
in terms of speed and ability, a technical alliance with them would only help you get to victory lane. There's just a question of where you might fit on the depth chart. And if you are pretty far down, not saying you would receive lesser service or lesser anything would say for an emerging team like MSR though, that is looking to go full-time next year. It's very first full-time IndyCar campaign. I would be a little bit hesitant to think that I might be number six on the menu uh, with a team. As I mentioned just a moment ago, the Chip Ganassi racing team could be open to such a thing. I believe there's strong affinity between both camps there. I like the idea of that happening. Could there be something in the Ray Hall universe? Very possibly. I know that the Shank team wants to partner with somebody. They are not ready to go full-time on their own. Of the teams, the three that I've mentioned, I think that there's, granted, if we look at Honda options, (laughs) I think I've mentioned pretty much all but Harding-Stein-Brenner. And, yeah, there's not a lot left on the plate, honestly, for them to work within the Honda camps. Do think there's strong willingness, though. Another thing here just to keep in mind, the MSR team with sponsorship from AutoNation and Sirius XM, they surely appear to be well-funded, which I think has only helped other teams say, oh, so you'd like to partner. Uh, a lot of teams would love to get their hands on the sponsors on those cars or on the uh, number 60 Honda. So whether it's just pure, purely being enamored with MSR and the people there or dollar signs based on maybe getting a hold of some sponsored dollars from there too, who knows? but I don't think MSR is going to struggle to find a new partner. All right, let's see. Where else can we go? Alex Mazarek says, with Marcus Erickson seemingly out at Aero McLaren Racing SP, any idea where he goes for 2020? Yeah, he's in an interesting situation, Alex. He has plenty of money. He has really solid funding behind him. That's going to interest a lot of people. Drawing back to what I mentioned earlier, I wouldn't say teams are as desperate for fully funded drivers right now as maybe they were even just 12 months ago. Marcus will help himself drastically by having a very impressive, if not Pocono, Gateway, Portland, Monterey. He needs to add to that second place finish at Detroit show a little bit of his inner tiger. He needs to show something. Sounds odd, knowing that the IndyCar paddock in many, many areas, certainly not flush with cash. But I've been very surprised in those that I've spoken with who aren't nearly as interested as I thought they might be, simply on the dollar side. It's been more of, okay, it's there. It's a possibility show me a little bit more, then we will hopefully be able to further converse, have further conversations. Ray Hall comes to mind, Alex. Dale Coyne could be a place. Depending on what happens with Colton Herta, if you were by chance to leave Harding Steinbrenner and head to McLaren and Chevy, I think Marcus could be almost on pole position to step into that HSR Honda. So, 
Not saying it's going to be easy for him to land something outside of his current team, which I've heard nothing about them intending to hold on to him. So wouldn't necessarily be easy, but I think he can find a home. Just wish he had a better resume in IndyCar because you'd have more people actually trying to get a hold of him to say, all right, let's go to Brian, Mr. Brian J. Smith, who says, I'm curious about the reporting of all this. Clearly you knew ahead of time, but when are you quote allowed to hint at what is going on? When could you say something like quote, they are talking to people and it looks likely to be SPM and quote, I'll be super brief on this. Cause I don't think this is a thing folks care about too much, Brian, but uh, when you enter into an embargo, you respect that embargo. So if they say at this date and at this time, everything that, you know, everything we've shared with you can be revealed. That's what you do. Uh, just period. So there are times where you have to play dumb, not answer questions. Uh, one of the interesting things, uh, just mention this cause maybe it'll help in the future. If you have certain writers that you like at whatever outlet, or whatever form of racing. If you notice someone's gone fairly quiet for a while and they aren't posting much, they aren't putting out a lot of content and, or if there's something that's kind of a buzz and a lot of folks are talking about it and someone isn't that you would expect to hear about that stuff from in print in particular, usually means they're under an embargo and they can't. So that might've been why, might've been why uh, you haven't really seen anything from me on the topic here for a little while. Uh, let's see. We're going to grab a couple more. We're into a little bit of overtime, We're a little bit over 35 minutes here. If you guys listen to my regular weekly week in IndyCar, week in sports cars podcasts, you'll know that clocks and time limits don't really apply, but let's see what else can we get through here that you might find of interest. Uh, Deb Drake says, do you think the possibility of Hinch teaming with his buddy, Robert Wickens at some point will be part of Hinch's reason for staying? It's a really good one. Deb know for a fact told as a matter of fact that Robert Wickens, if he wants to drive for arrow McLaren SP will have a car available. Sam Schmidt, Rick Peterson made that promise to him well before McLaren was involved. Regardless, all parties have said in this newly named thing with a brand new engine manufacturer, honor everything we have committed to him. Be ready for you when you're coming, buddy. A couple quick things to add to this, and I don't know if any of this is new or what, but I'll happily share it. Haven't written about this yet, but have been hearing very much the case that efforts to provide hand controls, something that would allow Robert to drive an Indy car before he has the full return restoration of communication to his lower body is in place has been afoot. That might be a bad turn of phrase and I apologize, but there has been work going on to try and create the necessary controls in an Indy car to get Robert back on track. Can't say if that's racing testing. Don't know. I've heard this. I've heard it from a couple of sources, good sources. It's not quite at the point to put it in print yet. Cause I haven't had the time, honestly, but I've heard that pretty heavily. And if it's accurate, it wouldn't surprise me, 
Arrow, obviously, a big part of what they have done with Sam, the whole relationship with Sam, sparked with the Sam Corvette using non-hand and foot controls for Sam to be able to control and lap with that Corvette and other vehicles since. Robbie obviously did some laps at Toronto in an Acura NSX with hand controls. Brilliant. We know that Arrow Electronics is capable of making this happen in an Indy car. So I've heard this. I've also heard Honda has been very much behind wanting to make this happen. Just throw in here quickly, Deb, that while we know the commitment to race stands and will be honored, also heard, and there's, I shouldn't say heard, also, I have heard it, but I also know for a fact that if this switch from Honda to Chevy does mean that whatever efforts might have been in place by Honda to make this happen, in terms of hand controls for Robbie, that all goes away and stops. And one thing McLaren does through their applied technologies business, MAT, they do these same exact things. And <laughs> Arrow is a partner of McLaren in Formula One. Arrow is still a huge part of this team. So while a change in manufacturer could modify whatever might have been in place or in motion for Robbie, would just say that this should not be a setback in any way with McLaren's ability, with Arrow's ongoing ability, etc. And I'm sure Chevy would welcome being whatever part of that solution if Robbie wants to stay with the team and do anything with them using hand controls, either in testing or otherwise, would say that part's pretty cool. But again, it comes down to Robbie and what he wants to do. If his brother, James Hinchcliffe, is still there, I'd say it'd maybe be a foregone conclusion. If he's not, I don't know. Cannot honestly say. Another thing that's come in from a lot of people, and I think it might just be trying to grasp what this is, a lot of folks have asked the same thing Brandon Wagner is asking Marshall so many questions to this deal is it still a two-car effort absolutely it's not adding two cars to Schmidt Peterson's two cars it is just staying two cars you now have <laughs> well we had two team owners beforehand with two cars we've now got two team owners plus a new partner so three names still two cars number of folks too Tim Hartley as well says this means it's a net gain of zero cars for the series. It also means a net loss of two engine customers for Honda. Uh, are there other series altering announcements expected? And are there implications for the much anticipated third engine supplier to the series? Haven't heard anything, Tim, on the topic of new manufacturers going to be another bombshell to drop here at some point in time. I will say for sure that while I'm recording this on a Friday, and I do need to shut it off here in a moment, one of the things I'll be chasing Monday morning is the engine supply number team partner angle with Honda. So knowing that Chevrolet has just gotten much stronger by adding a team that while today, again, Air Schmidt Peterson Motorsports hasn't been the competitive force they wanted to be in 2019, but I do expect next year, full McLaren engineering technology 
analysis and imprint and such, I expect them to come back next year with this new Chevy powered program and really be a strong contributor to everything team Penske has been doing, winning constantly for the bow tie where that leaves Honda though is in an interesting place. So obviously air West PM has not been a winner or a regular podium visitor this year for the brand has been a good contributor though, in general for many years, the fact that they're taking one of their better teams off the board, losing them to Chevrolet. Will there be an effort to try and convert a Chevy team? Will Honda look at the quote vacancy of these two Honda engine leases as something that is just good. Now we're saving money. Can we take some of those savings and maybe invest that into other Honda teams? Not necessarily talking handing cash, but here's three days on the simulator. Here's some of this, some technical assistance from this. Don't know. Is this something that they could say, hey, Harding Steinbrenner Racing, provided you can find the money? And that's a huge question at this point. Could you go to two cars next year? That would make a stronger Andretti Autosport. Would you provide the technology and engineering support for that second car? That would be a good thing to consider. Don't know anything about Chip Ganassi Racing wanting to expand to three cars. I don't believe that is there. But just looking at, all right, you got two leases. Are you going to look for ways to backfill those either with current teams? We know Ray Hall's hoping to add a third car, believes that they will. Could that be one of those motors being applied? Is there a Chevy team that Honda says, you know, we lost two to you. Maybe we can get two back. Who would that be? Would it be AJ Foyt racing? Absolutely not. We all love those folks. Worst team in the series right now in terms of results. They're a ways away. That would do nothing for Honda. If we look at where else you might go, it's okay. Again, full-time, Ed Carpenter Racing, Ed Bleeds Chevrolet. That is as red, white, and blue of an American team as you're ever going to find. So I seriously doubt that would be something they would consider. After that, you're looking at Carlin Racing or Team Penske. Roger, I don't believe, would be open to leaving Chevrolet. It honestly leaves Carlin as the only one that comes to mind. I don't know their contractual situation with Chevrolet. If they are at the end of a contract, if they are one or two years more to go, again, I have none of that knowledge yet. But if I'm just looking at if there was an effort by Honda to try and bring back an entry or two that could be competitive and help them in the manufacturer's fight of all the Chevy teams right now, Carlin jumps out to me as the one I would be making inquiries to if I were Honda. Realize that Max Chilton isn't always a big part of competitive puzzle in the series, but we have seen what a Connor Daly, a Pato Award, even R.C. Enerson coming back. We have seen Charlie Kimball, too, can do some pretty quick things. We know that the Carlin team can be very competitive with at least one superb driver in the seat uh, and definitely with two so don't know if there's anything there but if there's a willingness on honda to try and get a team back carlin would be the first place i would go let me look through here and try and pick one more to close 
And let's see. Normally I have all these lined up, et cetera, et cetera. Apologies here, but um, this has been a little bit of a slap it together and go. All right. Where should color scheme? Lots of folks have asked, are we going papaya orange? I don't know. I have asked. I've gotten a to be determined, don't know yet answer. So no answer on that, unfortunately. Let's see. I'm just going to peruse through here. That wasn't really a question and answer. I didn't have anything for you there. Uh, let's see. You know, there was a really good question here, and I'm struggling to find it immediately. It was about driver options, I think. Beyond Colton, beyond James Hinchcliffe, Felipe Nazar would be an obvious one to consider. I've heard uh, Canadian Nicholas Latifi is someone who has been mentioned as a possibility. I've heard Santino Ferrucci met with SPM recently. Heard, not saying confirming, but heard. I've heard Pato Award could be a possibility. Don't know if that's accurate. I called my favorite San Antonio, Texas domiciled Mexican Indy Lights champion and haven't heard back from the lad yet. He's obviously has a deal with a Red Bull junior team. Don't know any, can't say if that's accurate or not, but I've heard some of the names that I've mentioned as possibilities for this Aero McLaren SP effort. I'll, you know, I'll take, take our pal Jaime Macias last. He says, in your opinion, compared to someone else's opinion, in your opinion, the note on Ray Hall hoping to and believing they can expand to three entries. Does that have anything to do with the McLaren news? Is this is where Hinch is heading? One, a couple of people have asked as well, not necessarily just in my call for questions here, but otherwise, hey, so it's Ray Hall, right? It's got to be Ray Hall. That's why he's talking about a third car. Do I think James Hinchcliffe could end up at Ray Hall Edelman Lanigan Racing? Absolutely. Do I think that Bobby Ray Hall's ongoing year-by-year effort to raise the money to field the third car was inspired by Hinch, related to Hinch, something where Honda came to him and said, hey, you think you could put a third car together? We might have a guy that we need you to to run. I absolutely do not. Uh, I'm fortunate, despite his bad judgment, to consider Bobby Ray Hall a good personal friend, separate from the racetrack and such. And while I won't reveal all the things of our conversation, when I put that story together, I can say, just give you an idea of the tone. It was one of, yeah, Hinch, good guy. We, we'd certainly be open, you know? I mean, there was genuine warmth and positivity from Bob on that subject of Hinch possibly being in a third car. But he was also very clear that their motivation for a third car was to find their own money which he said, we believe we're pretty darn close to having the full budget. We're going to find out soon if the last piece comes together. And if so, we, we would have full budget, full control over that third car so we can hire whomever we want. Hinch is known to have some very awesome and amazing sponsors and backers behind what he does. Not enough by any means to pay for a full season, but he's blessed to have some very awesome and committed folks that help enrich whomever he's driving for. It's not enough though, Jaime, for that to be, here's a full $6 million budget, Bob, 
put my name on the car right now. It's not there that I know of. Could maybe, maybe more money could come in. Who knows? But at least as I understand the situation, this is not a case of Hinch having a big budget to shop around. Hinch isn't really that guy, right? He's not just some rented car type dude. But at least getting Bob's mindset. Hey, be totally open to Hinch if he's available. Really think highly of the guy. But it has nothing to do with our desire to put together a third car. And the way we want to make it happen is to where we can choose compared to who could we get to pay for it. There are some drivers who could do just that, who could write a check, be in a third Ray Hall entry for the season. That contract could be done tomorrow, at least based on Bob's tone and one that was not BS. That's not what they are thinking. So could this happen, Jaime? I do believe it could, but it would have to be one of a willing union not something where there's any feeling of distress or gotta save Hinch. None of that's in play. None of that is the mindset that's going on on the Ray Hall side. And I certainly don't believe the mayor himself feels like that right now. All right. My clock tells me we're at about 51 minutes or so. Uh, just pretend it's the 30 minutes I said we would take. Thanks for sending in far more questions than I could get to in the amount of time that I have one great thing, though, and would ask, so I do my weekly, the Week in IndyCar show, where it is, by and large, all listener-driven. You send in the questions for my guests. You send in the questions for me. We do Q&A separated into those. This week, it's Mike Hole, Managing Director of Chip Ganassi Racing, sent in great questions for him. We had a fun conversation where he did mention and confirm they are looking at doing an Andretti Technologies type thing of collaborating with a team for pay but technical collaboration chassis setup engineering support with staff great stuff there jacob abel young road to indy driver in the indy pro 2000 series got to know him had some great questions for him and then you all sent in about i think an hour and a half's worth of questions for me and that's before all this news broke so if i didn't get to your question Please send it in when I do another call for questions. That'll be for next week's episode, either here on Twitter. I'm using everything from Twitter just for this episode. We also have our Marshall Pruitt podcast Facebook page where I send out the call for questions. That's where the bulk tend to come in. Then finally, if this is your first time or you've forgotten or didn't know, still have a relatively new website smelling marshallpruittpodcast.com you might check out has all 600 plus episodes has every kind of sort of way i think you might want to subscribe to what we do here has everything broken into categories with all of our weekly shows our audio features in-car audio you name it our personality features all there for you to check out marshallpruittpodcast.com in this little venture here brought to you by cooper tires the justice brothers bell racing helmets usa and torontomotorsports.com i am marshall pruitt This is the Marshall Pruitt Podcast, and thank you for listening.